This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. The world is asking. The first preseason game is in the books. And everybody is wondering, as we sit here, Joshua Houts on August 13th, Tyree Kill is leading this charge. And we all just want to know, since it's the biggest week of the NFL season, where are these Madden codes, man? What are you doing with them? Where are they? Yeah, I don't have any. If I did, I'd oh, be sure to give Ty- I'd be sure to give Tyreek one. I would probably give you one as well. Now that I know how bad <laughs> you guys want to play, so uh, yeah, I think it comes out tomorrow. Maybe, maybe they can get it early if you're, uh, you know, EA play or whatever it is. But uh, it's Madden week, so yeah, Tyreek Hill's getting a little anxious. I saw Jalen Ramsey say that he wants a copy, obviously, because he wants to just get out there and play football. But yeah, man, I don't have any codes. I'm not holding out this time, not yet. Is there a what's what's the mode you go to first? I'm a boomer for asking that. Is that like an obvious question? No, I always just play an exhibition game. Probably the Dolphins and their throwbacks first. You know, whoever comes to mind. Maybe the Eagles, but they're pretty much a juggernaut in Madden. So uh, I'll probably go with like the Patriots or somebody that I think I can beat up on. I like that. Um, do you have a limit on how much time you can spend like working on your jersey outfit? Because I start to get a little frustrated once like my opponent spends more than like. I don't know, 45 seconds, just kind of working on that sock color. I, I kind of want to punt them out a window. Yeah, if you're playing online, that's definitely the most frustrating thing. But it always has to be perfect. And I don't know how many times you played before Jake online, but there are times when you start up a game and you're both wearing the white uniforms. And it's just like, how why Why is this even a thing? Show up to the party with someone wearing the same exact outfit as you. It's, oh, I can't get yeah. it. Yeah, that's like that. snowing and they expect you to play a full game without quitting. <laughs> just camouflage out there. It's great. This is it. We are doing a our first time this year, our post-show review. So, Josh, the nerves are going over here. I hope you feel the same way. We got a thir- three-page rundown here where we're going to go into some of the players that the Dolphins wanted to look at in their 19-3 loss to the Atlanta Falcons, but also some guys who surprised that we didn't really expect to jump up and maybe outkick their expectations on the depth chart, especially in week one. But, Josh, before we get into any of that, it is worth saying – some news broke, and we are recording after it broke. I cannot believe this. It's it's true. It's a miracle. Yeah, mark this day down in history. We finally did a podcast, and at least we're saying this now, but as soon as we finish recording, they'll probably make a trade or pick somebody off of uh, waivers of free agency. But, yeah, man, they made a splash, I guess, quote-unquote. They made a roster move. 
Freddie Swain, they released him. I believe they picked up uh, – say the name for me because I'm probably going to call him like Kiki Cutie or something like that. No, that was perfect. I think that's right. I nice. think you just like nailed it, like 100% Guitar Hero on Expert. Like you just ran right through that. Um, Freddie Swain, his release, I think it was uh, – he had a little bit of a hamstring injury that will keep him out a week. He played 25 snaps against the Atlanta Falcons, but I think it's – um. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the last time uh, we hear from Freddie Swain, whether it's on the practice squad down the road or maybe game three of the preseason when the Dolphins need another receiver to go out there and uh, try to catch passes from Skylar Thompson and Mike White. Yeah, he's like the boomerang. He's like the new Isaiah Ford, right? I think this was probably the second time Freddie Swain's been on the roster. So maybe we'll see him again. But, yeah, I mean, they just wanted to bring a body in there to make plays. And um, Kiki Cutie, is that what I call Kiki Kiki Cutie, Cutie. I'm I'm already. I'm already messing his name up again, but I think there were times when people, you know, had promise in him and saw some potential. So we'll see if he can do things with the Dolphins, maybe sticks around, but um, just a body for camp the way I see it. You know, I go back to that Buffalo game last year where I think it was the middle of the second quarter. Um, Braylon Sanders, I think it was, had an opportunity to make a big play. Um, And then later that same quarter, the Buffalo Bills went in and scored a touchdown where it was like a backup tight end. It was his first touchdown of the season. That's really what the Dolphins are looking for in this like fifth, sixth receiver, right? It's not someone who's going to go out there and play meaningful snaps, no matter how many injuries that happen. It's that fourth guy who can be on the field and kind of disappear, right? And all the action with Tyree Kill and Jaden Waddle. And then all of a sudden be running all alone uh, downfield just because of broken coverage. Nobody's really paying attention to him. That's the kind of guy I can see Kiki Kuti really becoming if he makes the roster. But um, I think that wide receiver battle has a lot more, um, there's a lot more to happen before that's decided. Josh, Robbie Chosen was held out, and this wasn't a situation where it wasn't really a plan going into the day that he'd be someone who'd be out of the lineup. Yeah, I wonder what it has to say about where he sits with the coaching staff and then how bad they wanted to see some of these other guys. I mean, we saw Eric Ezukoma. We'll talk about him. He looked pretty good when he got touches. We saw River Craycraft out there. Braxton Berrios playing a little. So I was a little surprised to see that Robbie Chosen wasn't out there. But does that mean that you know he's already got a roster spot? I can't you know, truly think that's how they're viewing this because, you know, there's some other guys on that receiving corpse that probably deserve it. So um, I was a little surprised, wanted to see the Space Power Ranger out there, but I'm not, you know, too concerned yet. If he doesn't play in uh, week two of the preseason game against what the Texans, then we might be concerned that maybe that roster spot is up because there are a lot of people outside of, you know, I, I don't know how you feel, but I thought Robbie Chosen was going to make that 53-man roster. I thought he was pretty solidified as that four number five wide receiver, if not higher on the depth chart. And it sounds like a lot of people think he could just be a, cut casualty you know closer we get to the roster cuts yeah that's interesting the way you word it because there are two ways you can look at it you can wonder maybe he's already done enough to be that number three maybe guaranteed number four receiver where he's not worth putting out there and and risking this injury getting worse or it's a simple fact of he wasn't well enough to play and they'll just kind of um, you know wipe the slate clean and come back to a week two maybe week three and give him an opportunity then but um Yeah, that was an interesting to see unfold because I thought he was practicing. I don't think this was really something anyone expected going into the game. Um, Josh, maybe the most not interesting, maybe weird note of the entire game, Mike White, Skylar Thompson. um, Going into the game, Coach Mike McDaniel said something along the lines of whoever starts game one is going to uh, come off in relief in game two, and then the other guy is going to start. Josh, right down the middle, both quarterbacks played 50% of the offensive snaps. Wow, so Mike uh, Mike McDaniel wasn't even hiding this, that this was a competition. So, 
Yeah, yeah, man, I don't know how you felt, but I think we kind of jinxed it talking about how at least we're coming into this offseason with, uh, you know, a QB2 that's better than Teddy Bridgewater. And both these guys went out there and kind of stunk things up a little bit. I know that Skylar Thompson, you know, still second year in this offense, but I couldn't see him out playing Mike White in that game, right? They both made critical errors. Mike White threw a pick down in the red zone. I think Skylar Thompson, he had two interceptions, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. but um, not a good day by either of those guys. And when, you know, we have Tua Tagovailoa, a guy who we all hope can stay healthy, but has proven he can't, you need that quarterback, too, to be better and, you know, do more than what we saw. Although it was just preseason week one, but uh, it was a stink fest for sure. No, 100% stink fest. Just that's a perfect way to label it. I love that. Uh, something to consider, though, Skylar Thompson was playing on an entire roster of third stringers and Mike White was playing on an entire roster of second stringers. Uh, just some context to the situation. Um, Skylar didn't look great last year at times, uh, but he can look a little better when you have Jalen Waddle and Tyree kill to catch balls, right? That makes things a little simpler to uh, look a little better, stuff the stats a little bit more. So while neither of them looks great, I don't think we have to overanalyze that. Hey, if the dolphins are on their second, um, even third quarterback, things probably aren't headed in the right direction. Um, Speaking of injuries real quick, Josh, Jalen Waddle, his injury isn't serious. Mike McDaniel came out and said that following the game. And also Dolphins rookie cornerback Cam Smith, he didn't sustain a long-term shoulder injury, uh, but he will be sidelined for an extended period of time, Josh. Um, give me a vibe check on that. I know, you know, Josh Houts, MD, isn't ready to come out just this early in the season, but but what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I'm no medical doctor. I think I agree with what they're doing with Jalen Waddle, right? I mean, if you have any, you know, there's anything wrong with him even a little bit, rest him up, get him ready for the season. Cam Smith, I feel a little differently about. You'd like to get him out there, see some reps out of him. But at this point, you're going to need Cam Smith the way it seems at the beginning of the year. So um, I'm a little bit queasy on the Cam Smith news it's for as well as he's looked, for as well as he's played. Hopefully he can get back out there, get those reps, and become that starter opposite of Xavier Howard like we see. But Jalen Waddle just seems like the Dolphins are uh, doing their due diligence and keeping him back because they know that they need their superstar wide receiver when the season starts. What, what were your thoughts? Any queasiness out of you or uh, vibe checks that you want to talk about? Jalen Waddle, not queasy whatsoever. Cam Smith, it, it was weird because it was a situation where it looked like he was gutting through it for about two or three plays, um, his his uh, supposed um, shoulder injury. So that's one I'd like to keep an eye on. It's nice to hear that it won't be long-term, but um, to know it's even short-term, that, that puts into question who's going to be that cornerback three. And we'll get into some of those guys shortly. But but those, I think, are the only two injuries, Josh. Did I really miss anyone there? Um like Robbie Chosen, it didn't seem super serious. Jalen Waddle, like we said, isn't super serious. And Cam Smith, maybe we won't see him again this preseason. Yeah, I guess time will tell. I just don't like that hole in the gray area or whatever he said about it. Mike McDaniel is notorious for kind of beating around the bush and, you know, underestimating maybe at times how these injuries are. So hopefully Cam Smith's out there sooner than later. But I don't think that we should feel queasy about any of these injuries, at least not yet. But we've been through the worst of it all, right? I mean... We had Jalen Ramsey to kind of ease us through this preseason. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, we can sit here and we're gonna, we can say it 10 times over, just keep it in mind. The preseason, no games are won and lost, right? Nobody really cares about the final score. I think the offense looked okay overall, even though this was a group that did not score a touchdown. You even gave kind of a face about that, and we can get into it. Um, but some of the things we can take away from the preseason are some of the players that the Dolphins wanted to look at. Um, specifically some players they wanted to carve a role for, right? Maybe these aren't guys who are going to come in there and have a, you know, 50%, 60% of the workload. Uh, but Josh, one of the players that stuck out right away that the Dolphins are clearly trying to develop some sort of um, unique role for Devon A-Chain. He played 50% of Miami's offensive snaps. And um, Mr. Film over here, Joshua, at Houts on Twitter, at Houts on YouTube. No, that's you're going to have to replug your YouTube for me in a second. But what do you see at a Devon A-Chain, especially when you go through and watch when you watch this game maybe two, three times over? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything crazy, right? I mean, I think he had two and a half yards per carry on the ground, but it almost seemed like the Dolphins knew he was explosive to the outside, so they wanted to try to run him between the tackles a little bit and, and see how much of a workload he could take on. So um, I was excited when we heard Raheem Mostert wasn't going to play, you know, that we were going to get this opportunity to see Devon A-Chain, and, um, you know, he was making plays in the passing game. You saw him when he would flank out wide, you know, just the type of mismatch that creates and then just how well he was running the football. I mean, you can see a little bit of that unique explosiveness. He was good in pass protection can come out of the backfield and make plays so um, I'm liking what the Dolphins are seeing out of him but I mean I don't think anybody should sit here and you know say Devon A. Chain's the next Barry Sanders like someone crazy like I did just a few week, weeks ago Um, and we got to give a shout out to Chris Brooks I think his name's on this list somewhere but he ran hard I mean he looked like he wanted to make a roster so a lot of those running backs shine but I'm excited to see what Devon A. Chain becomes the closer we get to the season and then how Mike McDaniel uses him when the regular season comes. Yeah uh, Devon A. Chain it's so interesting because, again, we don't take anything 100% to the truth of it, right? Uh, so pro football focus on Devon A-Chain, both of his pass protection snaps, they said he surrendered pressures on both of them. So it's interesting to hear about how on Twitter, you know, everyone's like, yeah, he's great in pass pro and, and PFF said he might have struggled a little bit. I think the line in the middle might be that he's good enough, at least early on. Uh, the question might be once he's playing against NFL level guys, maybe not be second and third stringers. Uh, but man, I look at the four receptions on four targets for 41 yards. That's just like the model of consistency. And what are your thoughts on having a running back that's going to be able to do that? I think we kind of assume Raheem Mostert can do that. We kind of assume Jeff Wilson can do that. But one of the biggest weaknesses of this offense last year was that inability to move the ball downfield when that dink and dunk isn't really available, not really something Tua's looking at as his first or second read. Yeah, I mean, it's a game changer. Hopefully that's the first thing Tua does, right? They rely on these running backs more to check down in key situations. But just to think about your, you know, motioning Devon A-Chain out there. You got Tyree Kill mm -hmm. in a regular season game, Jalen Waddle, and then you got Devon A-Chain lined up with maybe a linebacker, you know, a, a corner, a number four corner, whatever it might be. That's a mismatch. So it's awesome to see a guy that can go out there and make these, uh, you know, run the routes he can, make plays with his hands. But again, like you said, Raheem Mostert can do the same. We saw Jeff Wilson do the same. Salvin Ahmed and Miles Gaskin can do the same. Our group, 
again, excited to see what uh, Mike McDaniel, how he uses Devon A-Chain. But, yeah, man, that, that's a mismatch nightmare right there. And the Dolphins just got to figure out a way to use him, right? Figure out a way to get this entire running back room touches. And that's probably why they haven't made a move for Dalvin Cook yet because there are just so many decent to, you know, good running backs in this room that I don't know that you need a Dalvin Cook, as crazy as that sounds. I don't think that's so crazy. And you talk about the idea of, like, carving out roles. You think at about the idea of what A-Chain did. How about Miles Gaskin, man? This is someone who only played 15 snaps. Um, but he kind of looked like that guy when you're playing rec league basketball. He might be a few years older than everyone else. He's got the high set socks on. He's got the uh, headband on. And he just has, like, the nicest bound, bounce passes ever, right? He's getting that quiet triple-double. He's, he's hitting those corner shots when nobody keeps him covered. I mean – Seven carries, 57 yards. He had a long of 35. So if we want to be that guy and, and ignore his greatest play, like let's say everything just fell apart that play, he averaged six or excuse me, 3.6 yards per carry if you take away that big run. So Josh, when you also sprinkle in the fact two receptions on two targets for 20 yards, what did you think about Miles Gaskin's performance? And does it have any say, any impact on how the Miami Dolphins approach the depth at the running back position? I really don't know the answer to that question because I mentioned Chris Brooks as well. I mean, they got a lot of running backs that can play well, and you would hate to see Miles Gaskin go. I mean, there was a point where he was RB1, right? I mean, I yep. picked him up Two in years, fantasy keeper leagues where, you know, that's how dire things looked. So um, I don't know what it means for the room and how many guys they keep or how this battle looks, but um, he absolutely stood out, right? I mean, you're watching the game, those first few drives. I mean, Miles Gaskin was making plays, making defenders miss, and running hard. He just looks like a guy that, you know, knows he's battling for a spot, and if he doesn't land in Miami – you know, maybe another team calls and picks him up. I keep having – I don't remember when it was, but I think I had a dream that he ended up on the Giants to back up Saquon Barkley at, for some reason at one point. So um, I don't know if that will happen, but, I mean, you see the way he's running. Maybe they can get some trade value out of him, mm -hmm. right? I mean, again, don't want to see Miles Gaskin go, but I think we all agree that Salvin Ahmed's a tier above him on the depth chart. Um, if Miles Gaskin keeps running like that, I mean, they're definitely going to have some tough questions to answer the closer they get to cut day. River Craycraft played 42 snaps. That's 64% of Miami's offensive snaps. Josh, what's more surprising, the fact that River Craycraft was on the field more than any other Miami Dolphins wide receiver or that fact that he was on the field more than any other receiver and he only had one target and one reception for 14 yards? That last part for sure. I mean, it is kind of crazy how much uh, he was on the field, but when you think about how we've heard it before, he's almost like another coach out there with how well he knows the system. So having him in the huddle, being able to communicate things there, I mean, that probably meant value to a lot of these guys. But the fact he only had one catch on one target for 14 yards with all those reps, that's a little surprising to me. But we got to remember Craig Kraft's around because I think a lot of us are overlooking him when we talk about that wide receiver three battle or this wide receiver depth chart. I mean, River Craycraft can make some plays. Yeah, I wonder if you think of guys like River Craycraft and Miles Gaskin, them being out there, um, just kind of that calming presence in a way, that veteran leadership on the field that kind of uh, keep things on the track, I guess is the best way to say it, uh, especially when you're playing these, you know, first round rookie or first year rookies, I should say. Uh, Josh, another interesting one, Cedric Wilson Jr., someone who's been linked to trade talks throughout the offseason. You kind of wonder if early in the preseason, they kind of display him in a way to try to maybe boost his trade value, see if they can move on from him. Uh, he played 30 snaps, but just one reception on two targets for 17 yards. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was a screenplay too, right? I think mm -hmm. uh, there was a screen pass at the bottom of the screen to 
um, Cedric Wilson. So, yeah, I think it kind of goes back to Miles Gaskin. They want to give these guys opportunities because the best they can do is go out there and play well, and then you got a team picking up the phone, hopefully calling for him. But um, Cedric Wilson, I was kind of was like, oh, shit, Cedric Wilson's going to have a game today after that first early on uh, screen for, I believe, it was a first down. And then after that, it was just all kind of downhill. So uh, we'll see, man. I, I feel like Cedric Wilson's on the roster because of his salary, and once they can move on from that, he, he's a goner. I committed the worst sin as a podcaster. I did not look up this guy's name beforehand. So uh, Alama Aluve, I'm going to go with that. Uh, please, please, please correct me if I'm wrong, and I guarantee I am wrong. Uh, Josh, at center, he played 100% of snaps for the Miami Dolphins because Connor Williams was out, Dan Finney was out. One sack, three hurries, six pressures allowed. Maybe the only guy out there to play 100% of the snaps. What were the Miami Dolphins thinking of trying to see him out there when you have a solidified center at Connor Williams and you had a guy like Liam Eikenberg supposedly taking snaps earlier um, earlier in the preseason? I think it was June training camps or OTAs, something like that, where he was under, under center. Yeah, well, I think you named, uh, nailed that name, but you, I'm the last person you want to <laughs> reference with that. But I, I think what they probably saw was Liam Eikenberg out there a little bit, and they said, okay, we can't be doing this. Let's give these other guys a chance. I mean, I, I think it's nice to have that depth there, the fact that, you know, they kept Connor Williams out. We know how important is that offensive line, but the fact that he played 100% of the reps, and I don't think there was ever a time when, I mean, okay, granted I'm old, like that I don't know that there was ever a time when I looked at that center position and thought you know oh that's just you know the third string guy you know that's just a guy that's sitting here trying to battle for a roster spot so it speaks volumes for how well he played and um I was just gonna say though they probably saw Liam Eikenberg and said we gotta do something else here at center <laughs> because he's not gonna get us through this first preseason game Lester Cotton Robert Jones Josh they were both absolutely awesome um Robert right, Jones, after, right was- after you just you just made us the Lester Cotton uh bandwagon right that was just like a last pot or something like that who would have thought had a very clean game there on the interior at guard he had a uh, no pressures allowed played 71 percent of snaps man uh lester cotton robert jones say you gotta pick one who you keep it i i think they're gonna find a way to keep both of these guys i wonder if one of them can kind of compete for a starting job i think isaiah uh win played well enough where he's gonna complete for left guard but do either of these guys maybe have a shot for starting yeah, I'm going to say Robert Jones. I think if I had to keep one of those guys, I think I'd keep him around. I think he's a guy that showed promise and potential over the last few seasons with di- with the rotating you know, list of offensive line coaches that have come through, the different people that they try to – the squares they try to fit in the round holes. So, yeah, I think both these guys can probably make the roster with their depth, their value in that area. But I think if one of those guys I had to sit here and say they're going to compete for a starting gig and they're probably going to start some games this year, I'm going to go with Robert Jones. I agree. I think what he was starting – at week two, I think last year for the Dolphins, just kind of sticking around uh, from start to finish. Josh, pick your poison at defensive tackle. The Dolphins are looking for really one guy behind, you know, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, Zach Sealer, yada, yada, yada. Brandon Peely, uh, four tackles, one tackle for a loss and a quarterback hit. Jalen Twyman coming out of nowhere, 61% of snaps played. He had three tackles and a sack. Who really stood out to you? Yeah, both guys did. I mean, if we're being honest, but I'm going to stick with uh, Brandon Peely, right? I mean, you mentioned him in our Acorn podcast. We kind of been, we jumped on the bandwagon at that point. So I'd like to see him stick around on the roster. But the fact that we came into this thinking that defensive tackle, we needed depth there for sure, you know, bringing a veteran. I thought they played pretty well, especially those young guys. So Twyman, um, he stood out. I mean, he had, he did the little, uh, was it, is it the um, LeBron James celebration after a sack or whatever so. it is? Yeah, I, I shouldn't do that motion, but you know who I mean. He, he did that, and then he also got called for that 
bad, bad um, unsportsman, unnecessary roughness or whatever it was. But overall, I thought both guys played well. And when you have a unit like defensive tackle that needs depth pieces, um, let the cream rise to the top. So big fan of Brandon Peely, but I have you to thank for that. One name that really stuck out to me was Channing Tindall. He played 74% of snaps. He was really in charge of piloting the defense for most of the afternoon. Finished with 10 tackles. Josh, he only had one missed tackle on the day, according to Pro Football Focus, and even got to the quarterback for a sack. Uh, targeted twice as a defender against the pass. He allowed two receptions, Josh, but it was just for 13 yards. And I don't necessarily think Channing Tindall played well, but what I did see is someone who might be able to come in and, and just kind of, like I said, keep the train on the tracks. There are going to be a lot of talented players all throughout this defense. He's starting to look like someone being a former third-round pick who might be able to come in and, and just be that you know consistent backup you like to have as a you know third-round pick. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think he you know, blew the doors off anything by any stretch of the imagination. You're not going to sit Safe. here and say you found your linebacker of the future, but you're not going to discredit that, right? I mean, we saw a significant jump from at least what we saw last season and preseason and then what we continue to hear. I mean, that was a guy who we were all pretty stoked about when Vic Fangio came in, you know, seeing what Channing Tindall could do. And then you started to hear rumors that, you know, he might be falling out with his coaching staff. He might not be able to cut it. And to see him go out there the first preseason game and, and look alive, I mean, he was making plays, coming off blocks, you know, uh, blowing things up, and he looked like he had control of that defense, like you mentioned, kind of being the quarterback there. So um, excited to see the way that growth goes because, again, linebacker is a huge need for the Dolphins. And if you can get something out of Channing Tindall, a guy who in college looks so promising, did so many things well, to see even just a little bit of that translate into this game, it was awesome. So go check out my Twitter at Houts. I think I just did a cut-up one. Channing Tindall because, again, I think I mentioned before, he's kind of like a – need for speed or sonic shoe with twisted metal in him. I mean, this guy can go sideline to sideline. He's a heat seeking missile and we need that type of player in the middle of the Dolphins defense. Um, so I like the way he stood out. Another guy that stood out, Jake, why don't you tell us a little bit about Aubrey Miller? You got that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Aubrey Miller, a guy that we've been pretty stoked on throughout the entire season. Yeah, he's surely got um, a test drive. That's for sure. Um, 35 snaps, 65%, Josh, two tackles. Uh he seemed pretty raw. I think there are a few missed tackles out there. He might have uh, attacked a few wrong holes at different times. But overall, I think this is someone who might um, be quickly working towards a spot on that practice squad. You know, you never hope for injuries, but someone you can kind of develop into that play caller at the second level at linebacker. Yeah, and he's going to come in and do things on special teams that some of these other guys might not be able Great to. Point, so yeah. the fact that he can leave that lasting hit, like you mentioned, did look like a deer in the headlights at times, but this was an undrafted acorn getting his first action in the NFL. Definitely some promise there. And again, when the linebacker unit is so weak, when you need depth in any way possible to see a guy like Aubrey Miller play as well as he did, a guy like Chan Tindall, um, it's, it was definitely nice to see. And I bet Vic Fangio, Fangio felt pretty good about it too. The final guy, Josh, I want to talk about here – I. You know, we talk about the Dolphins so much, and there's still, especially that first preseason game and maybe even the third, where there are guys taking the field, and I'm like, who? I, I don't even realize some of the names that come out there, and it really catches me off guard. But cornerback Kedron Smith, he played 70 or 57% of snaps, Josh. Two tackles, two passes defended, one reception allowed on three targets. Is there any chance there could maybe be a shakeup in that cornerback um, room, a position we already thought was kind of deep for the Dolphins? Yeah, definitely. And this was a guy that I think I only heard his name in training camp because he had an interception or something one day and everybody's tweeting about it. So, yeah, man, it's crazy that even as much as we cover it, there are still guys that come up that you're like, is this a real player? Are they just screwing <laughs> with us? But uh, yeah, I think with the way that I think with the way that secondary is going, you know, the gray area with Cam Smith, 
there's absolutely a chance that Smith can stick on the roster. And based off the preseason, based off some of the early signs at camp, he seems like he's a playmaker at least. Josh, who are some of the players that might have surprised you the performance they had on Friday night? Because, um, you know, I keep feel like a broken record when I say players looking to carve and develop roles. And this scares me to say because I think something we've always joked about is the idea of Mike McDaniel finding his Debo Samuel in Miami, right? This idea of Tyree kills the new Debo Samuel, which is a ridiculous to say. Josh, Eric Azukama. Is, is, is it true? Is it happening? Is he the new Debo Samuel? Can we say it? Is it happening? Yeah, man, you can say it. I have okay. no issue with that. Uh-oh. Go ahead. Say it. Put put that on him. I mean, he, to me, he just uh, did a little bit of everything, right? I mean, I love the way he ran on some of those end rounds, the spin move he put on, some of the extra yards he was getting. But all I continued to see, you know, when he was taking those those reps was that's probably going to supposed to be Tyree kill, right? That might be Jalen Waddle in a, in a regular season game. So um, I love the way they used him, loved what we saw out of him compared to, you know, during the season. And he was a preseason guy last year, but he kind of fell off during the regular season. It was nice to see him go out there and make plays. So yeah, man, I'm with you. Let's just start calling him Debo right now. Three receptions for 15 yards, but two carries for 52 yards, his 39 yard, 39 yard rush, excuse me, was the longest play of the night for the Miami dolphins. Uh the best ability is availability, Josh. And we heard a lot about how um, Azukama right, might replace Mike Gasicki as that, you know, big slot, I think is the way they like to describe it. Um, what does this mean when your big slot is also running the football? What's happening? I wouldn't see Mike Gasicki doing this. No chance. No, he would have got tackled, tripped up over his own legs <laughs> in the back of the, Two in, in the back, in the backfield. Too soon for that. But yeah, I, I think it's just, what type of playmaker that Eric Ezekoma is. I mean, I've made some cut-ups for his college tape, and you do see a guy that can make plays on the ground, through the air, in a variety of different ways. So, um, yeah, man, sign me up. It says that uh, Mike McDaniel can see some of these unicorn-type receivers, unicorn-type players, and wants to bring them in to be part of their offense. But um, it just goes to that battle, right? Braxton Berrios, River Craycraft wants some targets. Robbie Chosen, I mean – cream rises to the top let's see if eric Ezukoma can make plays during the regular season when it matters but yeah man debo he's debo being week one of the preseason let's overreact just a little bit i'll put the always yeah. sunny um uh, tinfoil hat on real quick and say is it possible um Ezukoma didn't f- see the field in year one because he had to learn three positions he had to learn to be that tight end that receiver and run the football can we just run with that and say this is the year he's debo samuel we could just lunge all the way in and finally be those guys yeah, let's be those guys. I thought you were going to say it's possible that he's just that good that they kind of hit him from the league for a full season before unleashing him. That's kind of the way I saw it. <laughs> I don't, that's even that's an even better take. Let's roll with that one. Josh, this was a favorite of yours. Chris Brooks, he only played 20% of snaps, but five carries, 24 yards. Um, If the Dolphins didn't have a solidified fullback that needed to do kind of a lot in this Mike McDaniel offense, I'd say Chris Brooks, maybe keep him around, be that fullback guy. Yeah, I know how you love to talk about thunder and lightning. This guy was the epitome of thunder. He was um, more thunder than what we've seen from Jeff Wilson and some of these other guys. So he was running angry, pissed off at all times, wearing the number 33, erasing some of those memories of Daniel Thomas. But I don't think he'll make the roster, maybe the practice squad. But I definitely saw when he was running the football, that different energy, you know, just trying to go out there and almost hurt those that tried to stand in his way. So Chris Brooks, tip of a hat to him for sure. 
I went into this game thinking a lot was going to come from Tyler Croft and Eric Saubert, just kind of older guys playing against rookies, second year uh, players really trying to find their footing in the league. Uh, but Josh, Elijah Higgins was actually the tight end to surprise uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, he made a couple plays. I think one, Skylar Thompson extended it, rolled out towards the left sideline, fired one to Elijah Higgins, then made picked up some yak with his feet. So I joke about the Mike Kosicki thing, but that's something we probably would have never saw to him. And then they came right back to him on a play-action pass right after that. So it was nice to see Elijah, Elijah Higgins get his feet wet, but what that means for that room, I mean, Durham Smythe didn't get any reps, right? I mean, he's pretty much solidified as that TE1, but let's hope that someone like Elijah Higgins can step up and make some of those plays when called upon during the regular season because that room needs someone to step up. What would you need to see throughout the preseason for someone like Higgins to kind of stick around and maybe even earn a roster spot? I mean, Saubert didn't do much. I didn't think Croft did much. I mean, if he, let's say he just does this two more times, right? Catches two or three targets anywhere from 30 to 40 yards. If he does that uh, two more times, is that enough for him to earn a roster spot right away? Or do you think he's still just kind of stuck for that uh, I should say destined for the practice squad. Yeah, I guess it really depends on how Miami views this room. But I think if he continues to do this, what we just saw, you know, mimic that in the next two weeks, he absolutely should make have a roster spot. And then he can probably even contend for some of those tight end two, tight end three reps. So, yeah, man, I think if he continues on this trajectory, Elijah Higgins will be on the 53-man roster and could potentially see a lot of targets as the season progresses. Jumping to the defensive side of the football, I mean – you could tell the Dolphins, I think it was 20 players who weren't active. And um, I think it's safe to say Emmanuel Agba should have been one of them. He only played 11 snaps, man, but two tackles, two quarterback hits. Uh, he certainly just stuck out. You could be standing so far away from this game and you could just quickly identify his ability to just kind of push across linemen, uh, get in the face of the quarterback. Emmanuel Agba kind of seems like he's back. Yeah, maybe it's because he's wearing number 91, but it kind of is how I envisioned watching Cam Wake when he was nice. in the CFL, right? Just bullying over everybody. Looked like he was on a whole other tier, and that's the way Emmanuel Agba looks. So we kind of overlook Emmanuel Agba. You know, he's getting paid a ton of money, but a couple years ago, he was a, the heart and soul of that defense, can do a number of different things. So, yeah, man, sit him. Well, I guess now they're going to play more starters, but he probably could have sat because we know what type of player Agba is, but at the same time, you probably just want to get out there and get some reps on, into his, under his belt after that injury that he sustained. I completely agree. I think that was his exact mindset going to this. Uh, Josh, Cam Smith, 22 snaps. We heard about his injury. We don't think it's long-term. We hope we to see him back maybe in the preseason again because he was a lightning rod out there in the secondary. Um, four tackles, a tackle for the loss, a pass defended. But two targets, two receptions allowed for 47 yards. Him and Miles Dorn are the only two players to allow more than 20 receiving yards. And Josh, I'm not trying to say this to be a hater, but let's say they're both healthy. Cam Smith, Noah Igbenogny, week one, who do you have out there starting? Damn, I don't know, because we haven't really heard much about Noah Igbenogny, which normally means he's playing pretty well. So, I mean, I guess maybe I'd lean Noah Igbenogny, but I really like what we've seen out of Cam Smith, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's already looking like an awesome pick by um, Chris Greer just based off of the Jalen Ramsey unfortunate injury, but Cam Smith's always making plays. He did give up those two big completions, but... Um, I am very happy with what Cam Smith is doing. Hope he gets out there again. But as of now, with the injury, you know, Noe Benogni being a veteran, I guess we can lean towards Iggy being that guy, at least early on in the season. How old does saying Noe Benogni, the veteran, make you feel? Old, because isn't he like 23? Yeah. just like was able to drink a beer like two years ago or something <laughs> crazy like that. So makes me feel so old. 
Josh, the first preseason game is in the books. How are you feeling? Uh, are, do you have any major concerns about the Dolphins? Are you anything super queasy? Because, I mean, yes, you only scored three points, but overall you had a lot of guys who weren't playing. And I think we had some guys really step up and put on some unsuspe- unsuspected performances. Yeah, I'm, I teeter back and forth. I mean, 19-3, to three, you definitely wanted that game to be a lot closer, and it was a lot closer until everything kind of spiraled out of control late in the season so or late in the game. So there's no um, – I guess I'm not queasy at all, but if we go into preseason week two and this same thing happens, you know, a 19-3 to three loss or the offense sputters three times in the red zone or whatever it might be, the turnovers, I will definitely feel a lot queasier then. But I'm continuing to tell myself – Football's back, man. Just enjoy it and try to see all the good that came out of this game. Some of these guys that we talked about who we're going to be excited to see progress throughout the year. So, um, no, no, I'm not queasy. What about you? Are you queasy yet? No, definitely not at all. Um, I thought the offense, I thought they had the right idea. Uh, what is, what's the saying? Right process, wrong result type of thing. Uh, you did make it to the red zone three times. It didn't really re- work out. Uh, but we didn't spend a lot of time talking about the quarterbacks here. I think it's simply like, I think they're both going to be guys that are going to lean on the talent around them so much where even watching them play in the preseason, I don't think we're going to get a great idea of what they can do, especially like I think you expect the quarterback to play first with that second string of players to play better than the guy with the third string of players, just because you have those pass rushers beating those, you know, third string linemen um, pretty quickly. The quarterback doesn't have a lot of time to operate. So do you have any concern about quarterbacks at all? I, I, think generally like you lose your starting quarterback you're in trouble but I wouldn't super overreact that the Dolphins don't have a backup quarterback just yet yeah no reason to overreact yet but I mean it, it did not look good so hopefully they can build on that and hopefully we don't have to even worry about who the backup is because two is playing you know 19 20 games this year and it doesn't well, matter if uh, Skylar Thompson's throwing picks in preseason or whatever it is what about you with the offensive line Jake I know we're about ready to pack this thing up but how are you feeling about the offensive line I mean we know a lot of the starters didn't play but based on some of those guys the Robert Jones um, you know the different depth pieces that we saw at least look decent Isaiah Wynn I mean what are your thoughts heading into preseason week two on that offensive line it's getting so tough because you really wonder like should have is hindsight 2020 are we starting to wonder if Robert Hunt should have been a right tackle Uh, because I see guys like Robert Jones and Lester Cotton playing so well uh at the guard position, you can maybe try to figure out a way to get him on the field. But with Robert Hunt solidifying that right guard position, all of a sudden Isaiah Wynn can really compete and be that left guard. Um, then right tackle becomes the biggest weakness. And you wonder where Austin Jackson get in can fit into the mix. I don't think he allowed any pressures. He only played like 14 snaps against the Falcons. Uh, but I'm just trying to say like worst case scenario, if Jackson can't be that guy, who do you have step in there? Um, if all those dominoes fall where you have Wynn being your left guard. Yeah, I think we even talked about before on this podcast. I mean, Robert Hunt can definitely play right tackle. So that's mm-hmm. interesting you bring that up because it does look like we have some maybe more guards on the roster, but it does speak volumes that Austin Jackson didn't give up any pressures, looked decent, you know, looked like he belonged. And that's not really something that we might have been able to say before. So maybe Butch Berry's getting the most out of these guys. But right now, I feel a little bit better about the offensive line than I did before. But there's probably no reason for that. I mean, after one preseason week one game when you lost 19 to three, I don't know that I should um, be feeling a lot less queasy about the offensive line but for whatever reason I am no I completely agree with you uh and the fact you can have so many guys sit out knowing that they're good enough to start I mean that's not something we hear a lot as Dolphin fans uh but Josh we did it our first game recap is in the books we'll be back midweek the Miami Dolphins are gearing up 
to have some joint practices with the Houston Texans. So we'll be back either Wednesday, Thursday with Merrick to recap that and prepare for next week's game. I think they play on Saturday. Uh, But until then, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for joining us. And until next time, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.